I am Lookout Landing site manager Kate Prusser, and with me, as always, is my co-host John Troopin. John, how are you doing? Doing well, Kate. A uh, little bit sleepy, but stoked about winning two out of three, and <laughs> uh, stoked about the forecast looking like oh, not a torrential downpour. Um, yeah. Yep. Which is always exciting. How are you doing, Kate? Spring in Seattle is always exciting in that way, isn't it? As you, <laughs> much like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. Except that it will be damp. Except that it will be damp, exactly. Um, yes, we are recording quite late at night um, because we both had fairly busy days. And I was at the Rainiers game tonight, which Indeed. unfortunately wound up getting rained out. Well, we it was a game. We did play five innings, but. It was truncated baseball, which I think you know is not satisfying baseball. No. They're, and I would imagine they did not allow uh, people to do tarp slides on the field in uh, in rain delays or anything. No. I heard a funny story about tarp slides, though, which was um, at one of the minor league games, you know, occasionally players have some fun with tarp slides. It's a very college thing to do, I guess. All right, coming out, coming at me, but sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I see how that's going to be. Late night, coming out swinging, Kate. That's cool. All right, what's up? Did you do a tarp slide? Uh, I definitely have done some tarp sliding in my time. I will say, uh, I do want to hear your story. Uh, okay, our... I'll tell mine real quick because okay. it's very simple. It okay. was a low level, but, you know, still pro ball. But sure. the players went out um, – because I guess they had a case of the sillies, but they forgot to take <laughs> off their belts. So they okay. poked a bunch of holes in the tarp. Oh, with their dear. Belts. And <laughs> the club wound up invoicing the road team because it was the road team who was doing the sliding. Ooh. And those tarps can run like $15,000, $20,000. They are incredibly large and unwieldy. Yep. And expensive, it turns out. Mm. So, um, yeah, the 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 team invoiced the other club, which then turned over that invoice to their parent club, which then docked Ooh. the players' pay. Which, which is cruel. Yeah, that, that is. I mean, they get from, nothing to be. That is with. going from peanuts to uh, <laughs> to peanut. Uh, I guess yeah, like, that exactly. Is, or like, I don't know. Maybe they had to eat their peanut butter sandwiches on one slice of bread for oh, the week. Yeah. yeah, so that was that's a humorous story that I started off telling humorously <laughs> and now realize is actually kind of a a bad story that yeah. I feel bad about. So I, let's hear your story. <laughs> well, the we had many a uh, rain delay in Portland, Oregon, playing on a dirt and grass field. So uh, one of our uh, rain delayed games, we had a first year student uh, transfer put on uh, he put on his jersey reversed 
essentially, uh, which is to say he put his jersey on over uh, his legs, like his pants, with his each leg out the uh, oh. armhole. In- and he inverted, put on... then, you might say. Inverted. Not just reversed. Yeah, inverted. Inverted, inverted okay. is more appropriate. Uh, and his pants uh, belted. Sure. Still uh, inverted, but belted. Um, and had him sprint out shoeless onto the field. Uh, but he could not see since his face was directly in his pants. In his pants. Uh-huh, exactly. Sure. Um, but he did look like a wacky, waving, inflatable <laughs> arm man with his hands uh, essentially <laughs> pinned above his head uh, by his belt. So <laughs> the other team didn't really realize what was happening until he just started sprinting at them. And a few of them started running. Oh, because uh, uh, they were smart. Yeah, he uh, pretty soon uh, lost track of where he was going, started going in circles, and fell over. Um, And this whole shenanigan was organized by one of our assistant coaches who got uh, not just an ear full, but sort of an entire cranium full from our head coach when he realized uh, his involvement. Um, And we uh, were not allowed to engage in any sort of rain delay fun afterwards. But very much worth it for sure i do i mean you know in a in a game where your tool is your body mm-hmm. it does sort of seem like that's willful negligence of said tool especially I, you to know, you gotta stay warm your... somehow kate <laughs> and everyone else is just huddling up in in your in your jackets uh, in the dugout and you know there's maybe a little bit of a heater in the, in the corner but i think that's just excellent uh self you know self-determination making making their own way uh i don't i don't see anything worth chastising well i will say desmond i will say that uh seeing the rainiers game tonight in the rain i saw our friend leonis martin um -hmm. and i was kind of thinking about what it must feel like to have had so such a career in the major leagues and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden if you're listening to this, I assume you know, but um, in case you don't, Leonis was DFA'd by the Mariners on Sunday and I guess passed through waivers, which I don't think any of us were really expecting, and now is back in Tacoma, hopefully working on fixing his swing. But mm-hmm. you know, he was standing out there being rained on, and I thought, man, do we really need this? Like, Do we need to add this insult to injury for him to have to stand out? In a minor league park, getting rain. I mean, he. The, the thing I comforted <laughs> myself with was he's being paid very handsomely to stand out there in the rain, and he was a really good sport about it, and mm-hmm. uh, made a couple really nice catches. Tyler O'Neill next to him made an excellent diving grab, and he, you know, gave him a little little glove pound as they came off the field. So mm-hmm. we're wishing wishing the best for Leonis. And, as he goes along, but that kind of um, that translate er, transitions, I think, into catching people up on what has happened this week in Mariners baseball because it yeah. has, it has, it seems like we always say this, but it has been an eventful one. Absolutely, and many of the events, unfortunately, we wish were less full. Yeah, uh, they are bad events. They're bad events. <laughs> they're, they're bad b- events for bad. <laughs> was it a, a garbage game for garbage people? Gar- they're bad events for bad people. Yes. Uh, bad news for people who really love bad news, I guess, if we're paraphrasing Modest Mouse album <laughs> titles. 
Uh, and we are. We always are. When aren't we? Um, yes, our recap. Poor Isabel. Isabel was ill at the time, right? Staff yep. writer Isabel Manassian. Did I say her name right? Yes. Okay. Phew. Um, poor Isabel was ill not only because the game that she had to watch was horrific, but also she's just sick, right? Uh, vomiting between innings, I believe. Vomiting between innings, yes, and not just because of the 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 game, which we will get to. But uh, so yes, her recap was appropriately titled "Gar a Garbage Game for Garbage People." in which she applied, we Mariners fans are garbage people, which I felt bad about at the time, but felt was more and more right as the game wore on. <laughs> well, and, and you know, losing in any game 19-9 to 9 sucks, but I think you and I felt similarly, and I think most people felt similarly, that, you know, a game is a game, and, uh, you know, the fact that we lost was not so... Uh, you know, exasperating as it was that Felix was hurt and you know, initially came out with dead arm to add to soggy arm, um, soggy arm drew smiley, which as similarly uh, well that worked out. You know, Felix is now mm -hmm. on the ten day DL with right shoulder inflammation. So firearm, um, more like firearm than yeah, soggy arm. Yeah. Some well, hold the world. <laughs> some hold the Mariners season will end with sog. I hold with fire. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's pa badly paraphrased Frost. A little bit. <laughs> you won't mind. Is um, it chill, dude? It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, and right shoulder inflammation can be as innocuous as that. You know, it you do a lot with your shoulder, and sometimes it gets a little bit grouchy, and you just give it a break, and it'll be okay. Um, you know, dead arm is a symptom. It's not indicative of, you know, as as final, I guess, as it sounds. It's not necessarily something horrid. It is not good, generally, but, um, you know, just the uncertainty and, and everything that we feared about Felix, especially, I, I, don't, I guess, I don't know, and I'm curious what you would think. Do you think it would be worse if Felix had come out this year looking bad and then had this happen? Or do you think it's worse having seen him look not dominant by any means, but look fine and then have him having worked so hard in the off season to try and get healthy to come out and, and have this happen again, have, have his body somewhat uh, fail him a little bit. I think coming out and looking bad is always going to be worse because if he came out and looked sure. good, there's the promise that, that can happen. Like he can get to that somehow, and hopefully it won't cost his shoulder to do that. <laughs> ideally, ideally, no. Um, and you know that was compounded. We oh, we didn't even know in the game. We just thought, you know, uh, a quick hook was being uh, utilized. Uh, but Mitch Haniger um, having to leave early was equal. Equally, perhaps equally emotionally devastating, but realistically probably more uh, crushing in terms of productivity for oh, this team definitely. so far. Um, and, you know, there's a case to be made that, you know, the off the outfield depth is better. So while, you know, you're not going to find 
anyone in, you know, among Ben Gamble or Book Powell or Leonis Martin or, you know, who whoever the the Mariners have, you know, putting out there that's going to produce the way that Hanniger was going, had been producing. Uh, because Hanniger probably wasn't going to keep producing it the way Hanniger has <laughs> been producing. But it's still, you know, it's it's a bummer to see, you know, a guy who'd been playing the best baseball of his entire life and has been such a clear, bright spot for this team. You know, I mean, him and Segura essentially had been the two players who've been good every game yeah <laughs> you know consistently good exactly and and it sucks that both of them have missed time and are going to miss time to start and um you know it it is potentially encouraging that with all of this horrible swirling cloud you know cloud of darkness and gloom that this is a 10 and 13 team that is you know only a few games behind what would be a playoff spot right now uh which you know that's in itself isn't all that important but only to say they've not fallen that far behind you know yeah so instead of dwelling on the sadness which we could definitely <laughs> i mean there's there's a lot of sadness to dwell on yes. in a 10 run loss in which your the heartbeat, I think, in some ways of your team goes down and your best offensive player and possible rookie of the year candidate goes down. Um, there's just there's nothing good you can pull from it. There's nothing good that can be pulled from that game. Um, everything about it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that that led me into... The next day's matchup, I mean, it was Paxton, so I I felt okay about Mm. Paxton. I thought we might get out of Detroit with a win, Mm -hmm. which would have been, I believe you called, you said, can a loss be Pyrrhic because that (laughs) loss felt Pyrrhic. Uh, Getting out of there even with one win, I think, would have been a Pyrrhic victory. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't as bad as it could have been. I was worried, of course, we would lose all three of them and, you know, things would feel extremely desperate. But instead, we won two of them. That can't be right. We won two games out of three after getting swept at Comerica last year. We were (laughs) swept at Comerica last year. Indeed, in four games, if I'm not mistaken. In four games, and the last one was a particular kick to your tender parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, The walk-off loss on a walk-off wild pitch by Steve Ciszek. Steven. Steve. Steve, mm-hmm. who threw a perfect inning today, if Steve, I'm not mistaken. He threw a perfect inning yesterday. Did he throw another perfect one today? Uh, he's either threw it yesterday and, well, I guess yesterday. Are we speaking yesterday as in Thursday or <laughs> yesterday as in Wednesday? What, what is time? Where are <laughs> what, we? What is time? It's very late at night, like I said. Um, well, I know that he threw a perfect one on Wednesday, and I believe I, he maybe threw one today let me just i think they did because i believe I, they wanted to have him go back to back to sort of test it out and i think he he had another good inning today but well I his could be first wrong. two innings were not great and he gave up multiple runs in each so um yes he did pitch today he only pitched two thirds of an inning today 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave up a hit and had a strikeout. So, yeah. Fine okay. By me. That's okay. Fine. Um, <clears throat> but yes, a- as you said, it was... I think it showed... Uh, it, I... I don't think we need to talk about necessarily what it showed in the team or what what this means, but I think it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, can you think of a time where you so devast had had as devastating a day, uh, you know, as I think the Mariners that that game was, and and then the next day had to come out and be perfect and you know made it happen. I there aren't that many instances in life where. You have to get right back at it, um, you know, after being so beaten. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. There there can be many instances in life where you have a horrible thing happen. You have to get right back after it. And the fact that the Mariners did that, um, at least a horrible thing in a baseball sense, was was encouraging. The horrible – I mean, I don't know if you can do that or you do that, though – Unless the next pitcher to go is Paxton, That's right? Fair. How important sure. is how important is he? How important is that? Like, it makes a difference. But I think it's also important that they scored eight runs. You know, they, the night before they scored nine runs, and a gate in a series where they lost the first game by ten runs, they left it only with a minus one run differential. You know, they solidly outplayed Detroit, and and in in two of the three games you know i mean paxton looked untouchable for a lot Mm. of that for a lot of that game Mm. things got a little shakier further down the line but it was pretty clearly an ace level god level performance right (laughs) definitely final boss performance (laughs) i think they asked nelson cruz today on the post game show would you want to would you would you want to face James Paxton right now? And he, his eyes just lit up, and he said, "Oh, definitely no." <laughs> <laughs> With that delight of like, uh-huh. I don't ever have to face this pitcher. Yeah, because uh, no, you can just been... see. I mean, oh, they are just they were just they had no answers. Mm-mm. I mean, it was delightful to watch, <laughs> uh, and and it sort of you know he was a guy who had a bit of. Struggle, yeah. I mean, struggles for Paxton, which were still a decent enough start uh, against Oakland. But you know, seeing him and uh, and a number of the players that I think out of the gates maybe we hadn't expected as much from, or we'd had expectations for and had fallen flat out of the gate, really pick it up. Um, you know, obviously losing Hanniger and Felix hurts a lot, but when Nelson Cruz is hitting like somebody on this podcast expected him to hit. I don't, (laughs) I can't recall really at this point, but um, someone said something about a five win player. Maybe it was Kate. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't remember, but um, you know, and Taylor Motter is looking like a real deal hitter and Gene Segura looks just like he like last year was anything but a fluke and you know Cano looks good Heredia looks solid Seager somehow (laughs) forgot it was April yeah it's you know we have I think what is it seven players six or seven players in the in the current lineup with WRC pluses over a hundred 
you know, it's like and as well as Gerard Dyson who tracks down every fly ball and makes reminds us, oh, you know, that's how you get by with so so starting pitching. Yeah. You have somebody out there who can catch literally everything. <laughs> yeah. It's um you know, it it's it is encouraging to see. And you know, even seeing Danny Valencia looking more like a competent hitter still not all the way there but um you know he's running a walk rate over 10 and his strikeout rate is down to about league average you know like these these are the steps of regression to you know and a sweet sweet 69 wrc plus (laughs) it is is, uh, as as nice as they come um, still one point higher than Carlos Ruiz's. Well, catchers can catch. <laughs> Ca- catcher, <laughs> catchers can catch. But even that, you know, Mike Zudino was at like around, I think he was at 15 a week ago. That's and true. He's, he's in, inverted that now, 51. Yeah. yeah, which is like, oh, that's still atrocious. Yep. <laughs> but it's, but if, you, if you are a little less atrocious every day, and if everyone on the team is a little less atrocious, you make up for losing good players. So... Um, <laughs> in in that super optimistic evaluation, the Mariners have have picked up the slack. It is true, and having a hotter hitting Nelson Cruz is huge. Absolutely. Um, after Cruz had a really rough start to the month, where he was, I, uh, striking out all the time and walking not at all. He has re tooled his approach some he is being more patient at the plate i think maybe he's feeling like he doesn't have to do it all and maybe that was a help from seeing hanniger and modern um mm-hmm. segura like step up and no nelson you don't have to hit all the bombs <laughs> if you can yeah. just get on base and I, I bless his heart just when he gets on base he's like i am speed man <laughs> I will. I shall use my speed to help the team. Like, and, just don't pull anything he, out or there. Or did he not steal a base? Did <laughs> he, he sh- or did he not steal a base? <laughs> he sure did steal a base. As did Danny Valencia. So oh, I don't man, see speed what kills. Com- <laughs> yeah, the funniest speed. thing for me was speed seeing- may kill Nelson Cruz. <laughs> yeah, I, no, that, <laughs> it looks like it is killing him as he attempts to run. Hey, he 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 gets. A, it always looks like he looks like me after I've gone on a run and when he gets all the way around he scored that run today and he was just like hands on the hips you know it's like oh i i I recognize that as as someone who was told that they matriculated down the field in fairly good fashion (laughs) once in a football game i believe nelson cruz (laughs) matriculates around the bases in fairly good fashion (laughs) you know i love that though because cruz is like whatever Whatever I need to do, if I just mm-hmm. am going to take my walks and get on base and set up other mm-hmm. players to get the hits, then okay, mm-hmm. that's that's my job. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, it worries me a little that those players behind him are Kyle Seeger and, um, I, you know, just a collection of um, thrift store mannequins. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Motter is the best 
damn looking thrift store mannequin you will find, and I, it, whatever he's been doing is working just fine. He's just continuing, as we talked about last week, just hunting those pitches inside, and pitchers are still throwing it there. Why are they doing that? Uh, I, I think as as Jake talked about, even if you do one specific thing all the time, like you, even if you have a narrow area, you still have to throw the ball. You can't just throw the ball in one specific spot all the time, you know. And and for as good as major league pitchers are, I believe, you know, is, uh, I I, you know, there've been studies on sort of aimed spots versus where the ball ends up, and I think pitchers tend to miss their average spot by like ten to eleven inches. So like, you know, you can get by on mistakes on punishing mistakes you mm-hmm. have to punish them but you you can get you can make a career of punishing mistakes and and even in even in this series taylor Motter had like a couple flyouts that were warning track you know just missed them but clearly still on his plan oh no you know. he put he he got babbipped out of a few hits today but he yeah. put good good wood on the ball yeah. it's not he's not up there struggling or looking lost or making bad every time he hit the ball it was with some authority and that's off uh, justin freaking verlander so yeah I, I have i have a fun little game for you uh that i that i want uh to to enlist you in real quick here all right uh, where do you think the mariners rank in the entire MLB in walk rate, walk percentage. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting because I feel like there have been a few games where mm-hmm. they've killed it, mm-hmm. um, but then there have been a lot at the beginning where they were awful. Mm-hmm. As a team, I think they've gotten better, but maybe not better enough to overcome their terrible start. I'll put them at 10th. That is pretty dang good. They are 8th just 0.2 point or 0.2 percent away from 10th so they are 9.8 percent walk rate uh which is pretty impressive uh to be honest that that is a a a solid uh offensive display um and i think indicative of their mentality of, Mm -hmm. of wanting to make pitchers work uh and wanting to you know get runners on base and such a far cry from what we've seen them do um Relatedly, what do you think their K rate is, and where do you think that has them at? Mm, you know, I th- I feel like they haven't struck out a ton. Mm-hmm. Maybe as far as maybe like twelve, twelve. I like twelve. The Mariners have the third lowest <gasps> K rate in the entire major leagues. Really? At uh, 18.7. It is pretty dramatically lower. They are doing an excellent job. And, you know, some of that is you have good players that, you know, uh, you know, new players. Segura doesn't strike out much, doesn't walk much, but doesn't strike out much. But um, this team is controlling the zone yeah i i mean it's it, it i don't mean to be corny about it and and certainly for for all they do that you know they've still had enough troubles elsewhere that it's not made that big a difference but you know they've got the seventh best 
WRC plus in the league as an offense. You know, they have been playing well offensively. They've been playing good defense. They're doing all of the things. You know, they've I think they're somewhere around fourth in the league in stolen bases. They're generally a positive base running team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're doing the things that they said they were gonna do and the pitching has been suspect and <laughs> will <laughs> probably continue to be suspect as we suspected. Um <laughs> uh, but if they can be you know, the the bullpen is going to be a little bit you know, they're they're going to be better if only because they can't be much worse uh and they've been you know i i mean i don't want to say like oh they were just unlucky like they've done a bad job in a lot of situations um but there are a lot of talented players and you know having tony zick back who has looked very good and you know I, hasn't I given might, up a run. I might disagree with that slightly. What, what I'm worried about Zick's control because he was all over the place in a couple of his batters today. I am hesitant to jump on the Tony Zick train which is a shame because I, I, I really enjoy him as a player and I like his crazy eyes but um <laughs> He makes me... I would love this next week to be eating a big bowl full of crow on this, <laughs> but... I think I, that's a good point. I'm going to lodge some some concern about Zick. Fair enough. I, are, have there been... Has there been a reliever that has stood out that has surprised you positively? Hey, I know that a lot of people were not pro um, giving Marcus Zipchinski a large contract... No, I don't. Um, I don't think we were thrilled in in general. No, I don't. I don't think anyone was particularly thrilled by that signing. And we've heard a lot of things against the eight man bullpen, um, and certainly Zipchinski's limited use is part of that. Um, but man, I enjoy having a reliever come into the game, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna get this guy. Like I am, uh, he's given us some terror moments, and now we don't have a, a Mitch Hanniger out there to rob that home run. Right, we have a Guillermo Heredia. <laughs> it's essentially the same we, thing. Man, we out really there. do. We just Oof. need to put Guillermo. Let's see, Zipchinski oh. will match up against lefties, so we need to put. <laughs> yeah, we just need to move Guillermo to wherever the the, the person is most likely to hit the ball. Just, <laughs> Do that in-game position swift sh- mm-hmm. shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can do that, right? Just run your right fielder, or have your right fielder and left fielder change positions. Sometime. I have always wondered how they like would score it. Like if you just, I mean, I guess like we see that in infield shifts, but like yeah. if you just flipped where your right fielder and left fielder were standing, would they they would technically call that a a an F seven if it was like a fly out to the right field spot, but your left fielder just was standing there. I, yeah, I think it, you would lose the player who actually makes the play because I think the box or the, the scoring goes to the spot on the field and not the person. The person doesn't carry the spot around with them. Right. 
don't. It I think like they do though, be. right? Because like, cause, like when you have infielders and like when Kyle Seager is right. at shortstop, but like right, it's or, still or scored they as flip that. Him. Mm-hmm. But with a, I don't know. We'll have to I find th- somebody who can answer this because I this would feels like, to like know it that. has to have come up on effectively wild or something. <laughs> yeah, right. But all right. Well, if any of you know, write to write into us at the account. <laughs> let us know right what the to, answer is. Right to right to PO box LL. <laughs> What are we, an NPR show now? We're click and clack. Is that (laughs) it? it? You click, I clack. Apparently. (laughs) All right. Uh, We are off off track here. But yes, Zipchinski is, uh, and I like him a little more every time Mm. I see him. I just, and I feel like he likes himself a little more. (laughs) Every every time time, you see him. (laughs) Every time he goes in and and works a scoreless inning. But yeah, as far as, the bullpen is so volatile. And as far as like, just knowing that he has his spot and he's going to come in and mm. and take care of things, that that's that's a balm to my troubled brow. Mm. Uh, speaking of balms to troubled brows, can we talk about Edwin Diaz's performance today? Oh, it was marvelous! Because as we have laid a lot of praise on Paxton and the offense for the eight nothing win, I think today's game, which they they. They held the Detroit Tigers lineup, the same lineup that had scored 19 runs two days mm-hmm. before, to one run. Mm-hmm. Over two games. <laughs> I, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I, Diaz coming in to just shut things down. I know we've talked a little bit about his use, and um, they've said some things, service and others, that... They're going to start using him, maybe not just in the ninth, maybe in the way that I think um, sabermetricians kind of have been arguing for relievers to be used. They're going to use him in the most high leverage spots and kind of peel away that idea of the closer. Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'm absolutely in favor. Um, You know, I think part of it is, you know... Certainly, there is an idea of you want to have comfort in your roles, um, and and that it is easy to prepare for a certain period in the game if you know that's when you're going to come in. You know, starters get to prepare for a whole week, knowing I'm going to pitch this game. They get to look at okay, I'm these are the hitters that I'm going to face. They get to think about this is where I'm going to be pitching. This is what the weather's going to be like. This is what I'm going to want to work on. You know, and part of being a reliever is you don't have that certainty and and I think it's a challenging job for for many reasons but I don't think uh you know I think you can you've made so many adjustments already in your career when you've gotten to that point um you can make the adjustment of being of, of sort of having the confidence of I'm going to come in when it matters most mm-hmm. and I think that strikes me as Edwin Diaz's entire mantra of I am the best option for this team every time I go out on the mound. Uh, you know, I I think he absolutely believes that, and he should. <laughs> He's incredibly talented and and skilled, and has you know worked at this a lot. Um, you know, and it's not honestly a terrible thing that he struggled a little bit here for him. Um, 
but how hopefully having him have the opportunity to work more consistently and just get into games and not have to feel like he's uh you know only going to have an opportunity in a certain situation will be valuable to him in terms of being engaged consistently. I think that's going to, I think it's going to pay dividends in the long run for him. Mm -hmm. It helps too that he is young. Um, He has been moved around from starter to Mm -hmm. reliever. Um, He's got maybe a more flexible idea it's a good experiment to try out with him because he is, mm. it, you can try flexible bullpen roles on a flexible guy. And mm. that's what Edwin Diaz is, right? And it's not just, mm. you know, his youth or inexperience or whatever, but also mm. it's just seemingly something, like you said, that's within him. After the game today, that he got a question um, about whether it was different pitching today with a one-run lead than it was pitching an inning last night and kind of what was kind of a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the expected answer was very much for him to say, well, yes, you know, this was different. And he said, no, there's no difference to me. I just am doing my job. I'm here to get a win. We won both of those games. So the result is the same. It doesn't matter to me whether I get the save or not. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is something that you get when, you don't have to worry about whether you're being paid as a closer or not as a closer. And do you have those save numbers? And, you know, hopefully some trust in our front office that Jerry isn't going to, you know, get into sort of a embarrassing pissing war with his one of his best relievers, yeah. uh, if not his best reliever. <laughs> the best. Uh, poor Batances. Poor Batances. I, man... That yeah. guy, homegrown kid, whatever. That's a whole separate. Iron, Iron Glen uh, raised. Yes, yes. Iron Glen loves him. I hard work. Just that was just <laughs> disgusting. Come pitch for us, Dylan. Come, yeah. come, come to Seattle. We'll appreciate you. <laughs> You'll uh, love it. Robbie loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. We'll just start someone building. inexplicably, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no one tell him. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that's I. I so I think that there's there's something really specific about it that we can do with him right now, and um, yeah. taking advantage of it is smart. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. All right. Well, so that kind of sums up what we've been what we've been up to this week, right? Um, pretty amazing that a team that started out two and eight. Over the first, let's talk about the two halves of April a little. You know, <laughs> absolutely. We start out two and eight. Things look dire. I think that the enormous drumming that they took in this Detroit series has, and then the fact that they lost so many games against the Athletics, which is painful. When you said drumming, I th- assumed you were talking about the athletics and no. the interminable stadium. I said <laughs> drubbing. Oh, yes. Okay. But yes, well, also the drumming I've, I've and the drub. What what an unpleasant series in every facet. Just a, an assault on, on every, every level sense. of the senses. Yes. Oh, I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> giant concrete litter box. 
I hate everything about it. I hate the bullpens being in play. I hate the shape of the stadium. I hate that it looks like a giant toilet bowl. <laughs> I know that people people say, oh, people dump on the Coliseum unfairly. No, the Coliseum dumps on us. <laughs> people who have been there are like, no, you actually have to go. No, that's called Stockholm Syndrome. It is, right? Yeah. Yes. I sometimes call it Helsinki Syndrome, which doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I think that is... Well, I, I I'm not that's going just, to. That's accept. just me being bad at geography, John. That's, that's let's well, just that's call it spade a spade. There. Everyone's everyone's favorite uh, segment of the show where we <laughs> pick a, where we close our eyes and throw a dart at a <laughs> European country and, and decide to insult its heritage. <laughs> Excellent. It's good to know we have themes that we return to. I suppose. Um, but yeah, so that everything looked bad, but. The fact of the matter is we finished up eight and five. Uh, it sucks that one of those five losses is a, a murderation, a, a, a drumming, a drumming, a dismal dance with the drummerang. devil. A drummerang. A <laughs> uh, Good, good. <laughs> what else can we get in? But the fact of the matter is we took two games from the team that is currently atop the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got out of Oakland with a with a, a drummer bring of our own, mm-hmm. which I believe and is a Swedish meat product. The drummer. I'm hungry enough to believe you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is. It is exactly as you said, you know, encouraging to finish this month where we started two and eight with at least within striking distance of 500. Uh, I think when we talked a couple weeks ago about what would we be okay with and what would we, what do we expect? Um, you know, I think we sort of talked about if we can be around 500, a game or two under 500, um, you know, that would be fantastic. That would be something we expect. And, you know, we're going to Cleveland, which is not ideal, um, you know, but um you know we i think winning a couple of these games is possible winning at least one is very reasonable um and you know then you come home and you, and you play worse teams <laughs> at your own place yes. at, uh, you know where your team is designed to play so yes. um you know i think one of the hallmarks of good teams and one of the hallmarks of teams that can make playoff runs is you win those 50 50 games uh you know you which isn't to say that that's a skill so much it's simply something that teams who make the playoffs have done because that just those add up at the end of the year and you know for the first Mm -hmm. few weeks the mariners were not winning those 50 50 games um and today's game was absolutely a game that could have just slipped away you know that verlander was on and iwakuma did enough and the bullpen did enough to hold him in it and iwakuma was good and i i'm afraid that he is gonna not get enough attention for that because of how bad he was but he really (laughs) took those super super took those super aggressive (laughs) detroit hitters and just use their <laughs> aggressiveness against them. 
And, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen Iwakuma be successful with that. We've also seen Paxton get burned by super aggressive hitters, which is what happened in Oakland. Um, it is fun seeing that sequence. I think the, I mean, once ideally Felix is back, the Felix to Paxton to Iwakuma um, sort of sequence <laughs> of velocity. and <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just really shaking, you know, ringing the bells <laughs> of, of different hitters. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, let's talk. So realistically, realistically, they they got out of there with me. They stole a win. Maybe that didn't mm-hmm. look like a win on paper. Right. Verlander mm-hmm. Kuma did not look like a win on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up. It's tough, right? It's mm-hmm. a tough it's a tough go. We have Miranda Gallardo de Young mm-hmm. making a start in place of, of Felix. Um, and as injured and occasionally ineffective, Felix has been mm-hmm. uh, Chase de Young is Chase de Young. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's a hard draw. Um, Gallardo has improved or mm-hmm. maybe has been kind of secretly good all along. We don't know. Gyarda looks a lot like 2014-2015, you know, Giovanni Gyarda, yeah. which is a completely fine pitcher. So not going to blow you away, but not going to devastate you. There, there's a potential that that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's a good potential De Young isn't fine, even mm-hmm. though I've – I have scribbled here Tam Tamlin, Tom – Tomlin? Josh Tomlin. Tomlin. Josh Tomlin. Okay. Uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> we miss yes. Kluber, uh, so we get you know sort of the back and ish end of the rotation. There's no, there, there's no, there are no fun ends of that rotation. No, missing Kluber is absolutely a, a big thing. Uh, Carlos Carrasco versus Carrasco versus Ariel Miranda is going to be um, that could potentially be rough. It'll, it'll be interesting, and and they're they're within striking distance, and they have three you know three games before an off day, so they don't really have to hold too much back. They get an off day and then get to play I think six or seven straight yeah. games at home. So I just want to say uh, there's a very good possibility that we go to Cleveland and get swept, and there's also a good possibility that this is still a good team even if that happens i think that's very fair so now that we've got everybody's expectations nice and high everybody (laughs) pumped up for another week of mariners baseball some hot weekend action Mm -hmm. uh maybe we'll take a break so i can frantically edit to make it sound like i was saying only positive things (laughs) and uh and then we'll come back and answer some twitter questions Excellent. Yo, I ain't no hard hustling muscle man thug on the curb. The only time I use a bullet is in Microsoft Word. Slick talk, you could say I got grease in my speech. Years of rhyming with a fried chicken piece in my teeth, but now I'm more self-sufficient. The food in my shelves and kitchen get myself nutrition to help with my health conditions. And while i never been too stable, cerebrally, radio frequency rappers still ain't able to equal me. Plus I link with sham cause the fat of the beats, the words some battering peeps when I'm scattering speech like jabs to your cheeks, shattering teeth, drop the tackle and deep. And we're back. Now is the time of the show 
I always want to do this with, now is the time on sprockets when we dance. Like, you maybe, <laughs> do you even get that reference? Not you at all. A Not a chance. Oh my God, you're such a, a child. What is a sprocket? It's a very famous SNL sketch that uh, Mike Myers used what? to do. Of the things that I thought that might be. Yeah, he, he did like this weird German show my god i can't believe i'm so old that i'm explaining things like the sprockets yes so he wore like all black and he had like a, a shaved head and he was doing a weird german game uh t- tv so talk show another insulting of a <laughs> yes exactly get... yes now you get to hear my bad german accent which is Excellent. especially bad because oh. i am uh kind of german pretty german Good. so yeah sorry to all Apologies, Air oh, Prusser. Oh, oh, yeah. Air, Air, isn't that? Air? I said all. I don't know. Maybe. All. I was trying to say Air. That's like Mister, oh. right? But I sort of say it with like a Spanish accent. I like roll my R's. Air. I don't air. actually think that's how you say that. Anyway, air, no, it's it's, it's knockoff Jordans. Air Prusser. <laughs> not all that impressive. <laughs> Does not a lot of jumping accentuation here. They're 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 stained with beer and pizza grease. <laughs> they have like crunched up peanuts in the treads. They're my ballpark shoes. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness, we have floated very far afield. All right, now is the time. I'm not gonna. No. Okay. Ask us some questions. All right. Before I go um, and send you 15 clips of sprockets. Christ. Okay. Uh, this first question is from Chris K at Chris from, oh, sorry, at C from Bothell on Twitter. One of the two of you is probably the biggest boog lover. It's me. Know. Make a case both on principle and on his performance for ignoring his PED use. This is Tacoma Rainier's outfielder Boog Powell. Ah, oh, Boogster. And not to be confused with the unrelated Boog Powell of former New York Mets and many other teams and running backwards around the bases fame. Yes. Um, Kate? Uh, so so the, the, the Boogster. Um, the Bugaboog. The, the Bugaboog. Starting with the PED suspension, I genuinely, genuinely do not think that that was intentional in any way, shape, or form. Boog is, I think... Maybe a little dumb um, because he <laughs> seems to be kind of a human golden retriever. Like a golden there retriever. There are worse things. I mean, he's, he's adorable. He's adorable. He's an adorable little person. Um, and that is why I love him. And he's like hyperactive and he just wants to do good. And he made a mistake and he was kind of acknowledged that mistake. Um, and I just don't think he would do it again. And he's been extremely adamant about it. Um, and actually somebody with the Rainiers told me, you know, I don't usually believe the, those, you know, of course they're all innocent. They're all innocent. Um, he's like, no, I actually, I actually believe him that it was, um, just maybe some kind of tainted supplement or something that he thought was okay. That really isn't okay. Um, you know, our uh, pitcher in our system, Joe Pistorisi, who I also have an incredible soft spot for, he's a very charming person who is not your typical boring baseball player at all and is a coog. So everyone should love him for that. He got a suspension um, and he's struggled with ADHD since college. So 
They just happen to not be on the list. So I think that the rules are draconian in a lot of ways. I think they're unfair. Um, I think there's no recourse for players to have kind of, quote unquote, their day in court. Um, so just on, on those principles alone, you should love Boog and forgive Boog because I don't think Boog did anything <laughs> wrong. But also, um, Boog has been on a tear and he started, you know, he, didn't, he could have really just worked his way out of this organization. They brought in a lot of pieces to replace him. You know, we, we don't need speedy toolsy outfielders so much anymore. Um, but he came through like a, like a boog possessed in spring training (laughs) and he's continued it on into the season. He, he was four for five this past Monday. Um, he's working walks. He's not striking out much. Um, and he is currently working on a seven game on base streak and has had a hit or a walk in every game this season except one. And he still wound up scoring a run in that. So, yeah. yay, yay, Boog. Uh. I might prefer to see Boog than maybe some other people who we're seeing get playing time right now. Who had game-winning RBIs today, Ugh, perhaps? Fine. <laughs> but yes, keep an eye on Boog, and if you happen to make it to Tacoma, he's definitely fun to watch. Um, I'm curious about how he's going to adapt to, because he's he's a center fielder by nature. Um, so now he's he's having to adapt to playing a corner outfield spot with Leonis Martin there. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. All right, All right. I've 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 been mildly convinced mildly i will have to work on you more well i don't i don't have strong boog feelings i i must admit so i'm i'm mildly positive all right i have a new life goal and it's to make everyone love boog as well i feel like i was doing a good job with this last year and have just i've i've let my guard down on the the boog adoration campaign so gotta start again i'll just kick that back up like sisyphus <laughs> a very cheery, uh, but a very Marinersy reference to me. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, our next question comes from Anthony Sater at Anthony Sater on Twitter. He asks, "How would you rank Hanniger's April compared to previous Mariners rookie? Will rookies rather will the DL stint affect his groove and with urgency?" Two question marks Ooh. after that second question. I mean, we are feeling a little urgent about that, right? Like, that's... Yeah. We are feeling maybe even emergent about that. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it, it, it is... I, I'll answer the second question first, which is to say it will likely have a detrimental effect. Um, well, here's what I'll say. It is it is very plausible it will have a detrimental effect if they rush him back or if 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 he rushes back um, largely because oblique strains I mean, oblique strains and back spasms sort of something you, if you watch Nelson Cruz swing he's a guy who swings incredibly hard and sometimes when he doesn't make contact when he expects to uh, he over rotates and strains things and you can see it in him you know you can see it hampers his ability to perform and a lot of his sort of bad stretches we'll see oh he's sort of 
playing through a little bit of it, and then he'll be okay, and then he'll be Nelson Cruz again. So um, if Hanniger's able to heal quickly, then I don't see any reason why he shouldn't jump right back in and be just as patient, just as, you know, on the ball and, and prepared as he, as he has been. You know, I don't know if he was going to continue hitting as well as he had been anyways. Um, so it may feel like he's falling off as a result of the DL stint, but that just may be a result of, well, that was going to happen anyway. Um, Kate, do you remember any sort of standout rookies that you can compare them to? I mean, uh, um, having not been around for most of the two thousands, I missed. Didn't miss much. <laughs> I missed Jack Diddley, right? Like I, I missed Dustin Ackley, which I feel like is yeah. probably the thing that is saving me right now. Did you ever watch Kenji Jojima play a game of baseball? I did not. Well, I mean, I probably watched him play a couple games sure. of baseball, but no, I, I didn't. I, I sort of knew him in passing. <laughs> <laughs> on the bus He's a few okay. times you guys would we'd, we'd sure. nod each other we'd say hey yeah. um no i mean the the rookie that i remember uh i remember being young and not knowing what a rookie was mm-hmm. um and not understanding why everyone was so excited about ken griffey jr i was like what he hasn't even played yet he's <laughs> so young how, why is everybody giving him all this attention before he's even played? As I, you know, hugged my Pete O'Brien baseball card closely to my chest. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that he could be that good as opposed to somebody who's been there for so long. Because my concept of the world was um, blessingly, blessedly based on seniority and not natural talent. Um, something that I've now <laughs> learned is, is, you know, that's not exactly how the world works. So I remember very clearly being skeptical of him and my dad trying to tell me like, no, this is going to be, this is going to be an amazing player. He's so young. Um, And then watching him start to play and being like, oh, oh, that's what talent looks like. Um, And I think just the consistency, obviously Hanover is not Ken Griffey Jr., um, but just seeing him go up and put up these consistent at bats and oh that's that's what talent looks like yeah i think part of it is cuz i i can't i mean like the the rookies that i remember looking like this that i was like actively seeing their rookie seasons um you know they were ichiro and yes. sort of Dustin Ackley, but even then, I never really understood how Dustin Ackley's swing worked, and it never made any sense to me. And so I, like, always was kind of confused as to why it was happening. I was thrilled <laughs> that it was happening, but I didn't totally get it. Um, I didn't understand how a guy who looked like he was on his front knee every single swing was so good at covering the plate, and certainly we have seen people succeed weirdly. Anyways, uh, Ichiro and and Hanager, you know, there are big differences, but I think a big similarity they have is they are a lot older than the average rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
Ichiro was, I think, 26 or 27 when he started, and Hanager's 26 right now. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, yeah, Ichiro's 27. Um, you know, so th there's a little bit of a, I think, advantage that they have there in that you're sort of already in your, you've, you've grown fully into your body, you're physically in your prime, you know, you, you are uh, a little bit more wise and comfortable with a lot of different things. Um, I cheated a little bit and went and looked and Alvin Davis had one of the most absurd Aprils I think I've ever seen. I think he hit like 369 and had like a 200 something OPS. So I think statistically that may have been better during his uh, outstanding rookie season. But in terms of seeing it with my own eyes, I've not seen a, a start where it just looked this consistent since each year. We miss you, Mitch. Get well soon. Yeah, for real. Okay, our next question comes from Ben Thowen, lookout landing uh, writer, and his question is, can you guys shed some light on the seemingly random rotation going on with the position players? How do the DVs, Danny Valencia and Daniel Vogelbach, uh, fit in with modern Manning first base? Not I, ideally. Yeah. I mean, Moner has gotten playing time just because spots have been open. Mm -hmm. So you can pop him in. Today he got the start preferred over the DVs. Um, and he was a little shaky at first base. There was a point where he, he <laughs> wasn't quite tap dance. wasn't quite sure where the base was when he was stretching mm -hmm. back, but you know he then he made a, a catch to end the game. So I don't think we're worried about Modern not being able to hold down first base. Um, and he just seems like he's gonna play the DVs right onto the bench. I think. Yeah, it's. I... I don't, I guess the the shorter answer is no. I cannot shed light on no. what what is going to happen. Uh, you know, service has said essentially they're going on a game-by-game -game basis um, and sort of feeling it out, which is not fantastic feeling, but is probably with this, just the lineup card that he's been given to work with, uh, you know, about the best plan that he can go with, you know, I it, it doesn't make sense necessarily just to stick guys in there, um, constantly, uh, you know, just to just to pick one guy and say this is going to be the guy, um, you know, when none of them are really doing anything to, you know, when when there are as many question marks with one as there are with another, I guess, um, modern is going to continue to play. Uh, you know, they can fit him in easily when lefties are out there. Um, and I think Valencia will play at first base when lefties are out there. So, you know, you can give Gamble days off and Heredia will play in left. So you'll have Modder in the outfield and that's, you know, easy. And you'll have maybe even Dyson getting days off. Um, you know, and, and maybe Heredia will play center field. Yeah, I'm very um, pro the Dyson gets more days off 
and Modder yeah. goes to left field or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I like that arrangement a lot because I still have concerns every time Dyson pulls up a little funny on a base. <laughs> my heart just yeah. or drops. every game when a pitch seems to go right at his knees. God, why? Why does he have the baseball magnet inside him this year? I Let's just... put that back in Zanino. He needs it. <laughs> he needs any any help he yeah. can get. Um, so it, it was certainly not delightful to to look at this lineup and say, okay, well, this means our bench is a first baseman who can barely play first base, who, sh- you know, a <laughs> should be a good hitter, but can't do, does not have much versatility, a backup ca- or a catcher, I guess Zunino caught was the backup today, but. Uh, and then Danny Valencia, who can play first base decently and three other positions poorly. Um, and, you know, say like, all right, your bench is not really going to, you know, give you much in the way of versatility or speed. You know, and that doesn't. But you have that versatility matter. and speed on the field is why it's yes. not on the bench. I think this is an argument I've gotten into with people about the short bench is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, you don't have a ton of flexibility on the bench because your flexibility is all on the mm. field. And yes. if you really, well, what happens if somebody in the, one of your flexible players gets hurt? Okay, then you put the stone at whatever stone position he has to go <laughs> stand at and you move the other guys around. That's fair. Yes, and th- I think that's a that's an excellent point. It's, it's not like those guys that are on the field that day are locked there. You know, if something happens or if you need to make a shift defensively, you can do that with the players that are already there on the field. But um, it doesn't strike me as ideal um, to have Vogelbach up here unless he's playing. Yeah. Which I, I, I don't know how you feel uh, particularly about that, but... I would imagine you feel similar, and I think most people feel similarly. So certainly today's lineup was surprising. I'm, I think it makes sense that they're trying to get Modder in as much as possible, but I would expect we'll see more Vogelbach in, at least against righties, um, and Modder probably playing more outfield uh, and and giving other guys spells. I could definitely see Motter getting subbed in a lot, too. If the offense is failing to fire, I think if Motter's on the bench, he's going to be in in, like, the fourth or fifth inning. Mm. I I just don't think that they'll give Vogelback or Valencia or anyone who's struggling really that many chances to be worse than Taylor Motter. Yes. Yeah, and I think I think his success gives them flexibility to say, well, we can stick with, we can give the guys who we expected coming into this year, we're going to hit first crack at hitting, but we don't have to watch them fail, right? And have no recourse. You know, we have a guy who has been working walks and has been hitting and can hit can put the fear. Uh, into pitchers if need be. So, Modder's done more than we could have hoped already. And I think he'll continue to be valuable, even if just as a threat. Um, All right. 
our next question uh, comes from Henry uh, at the boy Henry J. Uh, his question is: Should we have sent Lloyd to Russia to have zany misadventures coaching the newly formed national team following his firing? Oh, you might have to give some context for this. So yes, so uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I found the uh, box art for a film from the early 1990s called The Comrades of Summer, uh, wherein <laughs> I, d I have a million questions about this film, but uh, essentially the plot is that the fictional former uh, star player of the Seattle Mariners uh, gets cut uh, and banished from the league for being a general asshole and doing various uh, illicit activities. And he gets signed by the Russian Minister of Sports to help uh, coach and organize their uh, nascent uh, baseball national baseball team. And the entire film is full of absurd Soviet stereotypes um, and lives exists in a fantasy world where the Mariners are a powerhouse <laughs> and have won multiple <laughs> World Series. Uh, I believe there's sort of a like Ken Griffey Jr. like approximation uh, in the in the uh, film uh, and the culminating climax event is a exhibition match against the Mariners in spring training with the Russian uh, n you know freshly trained squad uh, and this film was watched by uh, our friend Henry and he did a magnificent live tweeting of it uh, and I do not understand why this film was made, how they chose the Mariners, uh, really sort any of the, of the same reason. Is it Angels in the Outfield that has the Mariners with Kent or no the kid? Ooh, the kid. Now you're getting into my uh, uh, that is Little Big League. Little Big League. That's it. Yeah, yeah which is that, I, I feel like the Mariners were just like, well, we need to choose like a non-offensive team that's just kind of there. I used to have this joke about Albania being like that because. So I, for some reason, when people need a joke country, they go to Albania. Like the Simpsons has done it. It's Albania. It's a it's a joke for whatever reason. I think because Their it's like something that entire government did fall for a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's true. Which is pretty unfortunate. Uh, I think it's just something that exists like just on the fringes of people's conscience consciousness, mm. and I think that that's that's the Mariners, right? That's fair. Das uh, so Das Bad News Bears. <laughs> Indeed, uh, and I would have loved to see Lloyd out there, just in a in a furry hat, oh uh, really just grouchily ripping wandering. up pieces of iceberg and like throwing yeah. them at people. Yes, yeah. trying trying to trade figure skaters for Austin Jackson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> would have been good. Um, all right, our last question. Uh, of the evening more of a command uh, people get a little bit order ornery and ordery around here but that's all right um, from Chris K again Chris from Bothell 
Uh, and the command is simple. Design the modder bobblehead. Oh, yes. Okay, so first of all, I'm picturing, like, uh, who's the Egyptian god with all the arms? Is that Rana or... Uh, um, that is not Egyptian. Egyptian? Not Egyptian. Yeah, that Indian. is Hindu. In- Hindi. Uh, yep, Hindu god. Uh, all the arms. Yes. Bad at geography. Um, really bad. <laughs> bad. At, okay. Bad. Um, yes, Rama is a deity. I not. I believe Vishnu is who you're. Uh, yes, Vishnu. He's like the blue guy, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, the Vishnu. Creator and destroyer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I mean yeah. it would have to be sort of I'm picturing that as being like the the basis. But every Okay, so this is sort of an octopus like <laughs> thing. And that is a different sea creature, you recognize. Uh, oh. Well, I just was thinking of something with many arms, so we could put a different glove for each of the positions that he plays <laughs> okay. on all the arms. Okay. That's the joke. I probably uh, could have found gotcha. a different way to get there. <laughs> that was not racially insensitive. <laughs> I apologize. What? Oh, man. Anyway, uh, that and, like, uh, you know, just get some, like, uh, did anyone, did you ever see the, the, the uh, pet Brock that they did for, the Red Sox did for Brock Holt? I did not. It was but that really cute. Fantastic. Uh, it was like it was a little pet, pet rock <laughs> and it had a little Red Sox <laughs> uniform on. And Brock Holt has got some amazing flow as well. So it had like a piece of the absolute cheapest fake fur, like just total. You know that stuff that's just just pure synthetic garbage, and it's mm. like on that super scratchy backing. It's like what the worst wigs are made out of. Anyway, yep. that like when you go to the fair and you make one of those sand animals and they put the little fuzzy hair around the top, that quality of stuff. <laughs> it's an insult to the real modder, I recognize. But as I've already insulted an entire continent with this design of this bobblehead, uh, <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah, so it's got the flow and it's got the mini arms with the mini gloves. And, and that's that's what I've got so far. That is excellent. I guess uh, it could also, and in a non-offensive um, way, I could have had it like lying on its back, like a sea otter, and then. See, that was where I initially was thinking, and like his hair could be flowing. He could be holding yeah. a glove and a ball, like a clam. Yes, and a rock. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and he could just sort of be smiling peacefully. And maybe Although there's then a... he kind of looks dead, <laughs> perhaps. Maybe but... there's a companion <laughs> Ben Gamel one too that also has the hair flow, and they hold hands. Like oh, otters do. Very sweet. Yeah, it's not. You know, I would be in favor of that. That sounds charming. I am anti bobblehead and kind of anti Ben Gamble. Much. These wouldn't really bobble. At least I don't know what they would, would bob. Bobble. They would bob gently. Okay, like you would so put they'd them be in, so it'd be put... like a little teeter totter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like on like on the... some some subtle springs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Anyway, I'll, I'll, yeah, con- call me Kevin Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> I got, we have, I we got have ideas plans. for days. <laughs> I still want them to make my night bat, my light bat nightlight. <sighs> <laughs> I think that could be fantastic. I would. Did you? Okay, so quick aside. So I don't know if everyone, anyone who was not on Twitter saw the Hawk Harrelson alarm oh, clock. Oh yeah. That the Chicago White Sox are giving away. Giving and away. As a result, saddling people with. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Horrifying with some of Hawk's 
greatest calls, such as. <laughs> indeed, indeed. That was, I believe when the that was when the uh, White Sox won the 2005 World Series. <laughs> iconic, iconic. Uh, but uh, Kevin Martinez responded to someone who highlighted that, saying that there was they had something in the works uh, similar related to Niehaus. So oh wow, I would like you know I the the funds I would. Uh, fork over, if 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 they are listening, get to work because we can do better than ah! yeah, yeah, for sure. I would also uh. enjoy a um, Fitbit style thing I could wear on my wrist that has Dave saying, "Here comes this fat fucker to <laughs> walk the world to just kind of pump me up before I go out on my runs." I thought you were going to say it was a, like, workout plan, like, based on, like, you know, like you sprint. Or you fly, like, fly away. Well, uh, yes, or, like, D- uh, Dave Sims, like, Uh-oh. you try and, like, <laughs> follow where his voice is going. And, like, <laughs> just based on the inflection of his voice, it'll draw, like, a, like, winding map <laughs> of, like, the way you have to run. Or, like, a, you... Spr- you know, like for Rick Riz, like you sprint when his voice inflection raises suddenly, or the death version, the hard mode version, where you sprint when Goldsmith starts to tear through your <laughs> When he gets that grinder, gets uh-huh. fires up the grinder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, all of these would work. Like I said, call us, Kevin Martinez. We have ideas. Yes. <laughs> and we have ideas, but we are out of questions. All right. Well, that does it for another week. Goodness, John, we ran a little long this week. Thank you, those of you long. who are still a lot listening. This week. I think we're it's late at night and we're both kind of punchy. Uh, so thank you for the, those of you who have listened with us and <laughs> listened to us. And uh, apologies to all of your heritages <laughs> that I have insulted tonight. <laughs> slash cultural identity slash whatever. I'm sorry that I mixed up Egypt and India. (laughs) We need to restrict, I think, our our reference, or at least you need to try and restrict your references to like the last like 200 to 400 years. I think that is important. I should probably just make references like 200 to 400 feet from my house. (laughs) This player is like that tree that grows next to my mailbox. No one will get it, but at least I won't piss anyone off. All right. Well, thank you a lot, John, for joining. And next week we are going to have a special guest, uh, Levi Weaver, who is hilarious and very well quaffed. We'll probably enjoy some hair talk. <laughs> Which comes with him. through well on an audio medium. I'm, I'm sure. just saying, you know, he's a put together fellow, um, and Excellent. he covers the Rangers for WFAN. So he's like an actual media person, and not just the, you know, two kids in a trench coat. We kind of are. So, we're taller than your average <laughs> we are <laughs> as we are both two tall people that it's a heck Absolutely. of a trench coat but uh mm-hmm. yeah so it'll be fun to get a little authority the mariana's trench coat up in here <laughs> oh my god the mariner's trench coat <laughs> all right with that thank you again Good for listening <laughs> yes and adieu no, no science proves